Facts of Faith. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to the first of our hours. Big important. One hour. It's just one hour. I'm used to hosting a four-hour program. It's one hour. It ends at 11 o'clock. Good morning and welcome. My name is Naye Lupondwana. This morning we're asking the question, why do faith communities support political parties whose policies or whose values contradict their own? It is understandable when political parties solicit votes from people anyone or everyone whether they are all part of their faith or not part of their values or not because that's what they want they want their vote and their values become secondary we can understand political parties but you as members of faiths what is your excuse why would you vote for unaye whose values and policies contradict your own when i go ahead and implement my values and my policies which contradict your own what excuse do you have for objecting to that we have this happening in our country especially faith communities which are in the majority in our country such as christianity and islam so this morning in our program we're asking the question why do faith communities support political parties whose policies and values contradict their own facts of faith begins right now facts of faith now let me introduce you to my pro- to my guests for this morning professor Faridi Saki is an Islam theologian and a teacher lecturer good morning to you sir and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us at the university of johannesburg at the university uh, of johannesburg it's very good to be with you <laughs> yes, guys thank you very today. much sir. appreciate it i can't you. ignore the brand labeling part of my no responsibilities yes thank you very much sir <laughs> all right and also we do have on the line reverend tamsang mvambo who is the secretary general of the national interfaith council of south africa good morning to you reverend and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us good morning to the listeners and good morning to professor isaac Good morning. And yourself. Thank you very much. Let us begin. First of all, let's just open the lines straight from the very beginning. It's not a long program. It's an hour-long program. We've already done 52 minutes remaining. So we open the lines. 0891-104207. 0891-104207. Hashtag Facts of Faith. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Nayelu Pondwana live. It's just as simple as that. Let me begin with you, Reverend Mvambo. Why would a Christian, knowing very well that this particular political party, I'm not mentioning any names, does not have values as the same as the Christian community, but still vote for them anyway? Uh, thank you very much. Um, see, in South Africa, we, we live in a secular state. And you'll recall that this did not just happen because we now have a democracy. History is the one that informs the manner in which people are thinking. How Christianity came to be accepted in this country, and a number of other religions also, um, it actually informs how people's thinking will be influenced by their own historical realities and backgrounds. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that um, we cannot look at politics in South Africa in isolation of the history of this country. Uh, our religious belief systems were also influenced by uh, events and moments that actually makes people to think differently. So that's how that became a state, a, a state that was in, dominated by a particular religion, which I, I belong to, Christianity. 
um, and we should know that Christianity did not come uh, as a religion that was peaceful to us initially. It was part of the colonial tool. Forgive me for interrupting there, Reverend. Um, the, the question that I was hoping that you're going to answer is, you, as a member of the Christian faith, why right. would you vote? You have the option of voting for a Christian political party, but you do not. Um, you vote for a political party whose values are not the same as yours. I'm asking the question, why would All you right. do that? Hold thought, Reverend. I'll give you an opportunity to respond to that because I just need to take a break and come back. When you come back yeah. from the break, uh, you'll get the chance to answer the question again. Stand by. Facts of Faith. 107.1, the home of SAFM in Seapoint. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. All right, 0891 You could send a text message to 34701. Please keep it very brief. 34704. Okay. All right, uh, Reverend Mvambo, try it again. All right, um, to be direct. I am influenced by two things, and uh, I take faith as a personal belief system. And my political uh, outview will be influenced by other issues that affect me directly. I do not, for example, when we were at university, we understood that we belong to different uh, religious groups, but we often voted for uh, certain student movements uh, that had a that pursued certain ideologies that we agreed with. Um, and not because we, we undermine our own um, religious value systems. As long as those parties do not undermine my religious value system. But I that is the very question problem. that I'm asking, Reverend. If I am political party, Naye, and I believe in things that you don't believe in, and my policies, each and every time I take decisions at a policy conference, I take policies, decisions that are going to contradict your faith as Reverend Mvambo. Why would you go ahead and vote for me? I'm trying to, 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 to respond to that. I'm saying uh, it depends whether those values that you are uh, propagating uh, seriously uh, contra- or contradict my own uh, religious belief systems. If they, we can find a, a, a line where we can be able to agree on certain issues, because politics is about what I need out of a political party. All right. What is it that you can do for me? All right, Not let's... so much of my, my religious convictions. All right, so your religious convictions come secondary. No, 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 they are not secondary. But I'm saying, as long as that, those policies do not in any way undermine my fundamental belief system... But that's the question that I'm asking there, Evelyn. When they do, and they clearly do. For example, if I believe in killing, and you don't believe in killing, why would you vote for me? You know for a fact that I took a decision that I will kill. And you go ahead and vote for me anyway. Why? There, there are two things that, that are involved here. For example, uh, there are parties that are, are actually saying they are religious in, in terms of their, their nature, whether they call themselves, whatever they call themselves, uh, probably that want to propagate my own belief systems. But the difference here is, do I look at those parties and say that they have a capacity to can give me what I need beyond just, just propagating uh, those values? Because there are things that you need beyond value systems. That needs to make a person to be a person. So your values become secondary, Reverend? No, no, they are not necessarily secondary. 
I'm saying you must strike a balance between the two. Which comes first? Um, <laughs> between the chicken and the egg. No, no, Reverend. Between your values and what you're going to get from the political parties, which are you going to hold as supreme? I'm saying as long as my values are not compromised. You're not answering my question, Reverend. Uh, which are you yes, going to hold supreme? Compromised. I, I do not have a problem. Reverend, if you know Naya kills, why would you vote for me? If you now know that Naya kills, and so I have I'm, taken I'm, a decision I'm, that I'm going to kill, which are you going no, to hold supreme? What are you going no, to get that, from that, me? Or the fact that I have a value that you disagree with? No, no, that, that is an extreme example. It <laughs> if, is. If, if, you were, if, if a, pol- a political party propagates something of that nature, I will obviously not, because it, contra- it, it, it contradicts my fundamental belief system. That so, I will not vote for. All right. So when you find that there's a political party that contradicts your values, you will not vote for them? No, not at all. All right. Thank you very much, Reverend. It took, what, six minutes for us to get to the answer? Um, uh, uh, Professor Farik? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, the one is that... Uh, um, do people believe in... Uh, <clears throat> what do you mean by beliefs? Uh, <clears throat> so people vote basically for something that fits in with their broad perspective. And religiosity sometimes is a part of our broad perspective, but very many people also uh, make a distinction between their personal values and their religious values and whether they go to church and mosque or to shul on a Friday, and what their own political interests are. And basically, people vote in terms of their political interest and not in terms of their religious values. But their religious values may influence their own political interest. It doesn't always coincide. And so you don't have uh, people, unless, of course, people decide that I want to have, well, this is very unlikely, uh, I want to have a Jewish state in South Africa, or I want to have a Christian state where the state controls all dimensions of personal life and public morality. Then you vote for the African Christian Democratic Party. And we've seen that very few South Africans actually have that vision. They want to live comfortably as Christians. They're not looking for a Christian state. Muslims and Jews want to live comfortably as Jews in South Africa with their rights protected. They're not looking for an Islamic state. They're not looking for a Jewish state. When I, when I spoke to the uh, president of the um, Al-Jama party, actually they are looking for uh, a state that is going to be ruled by Sharia law. And we promised to talk about that some other time. In their view, they would like a state that is governed by Sharia law. But now let's get to this. So what are you saying, uh, Professor, that their people's faiths are effectively part of it, not the sum total of their decision making? No, the one is the details of your faith. For example, there are uh, Christian communities that don't believe in the equality of men and women. Correct. But they're not going to make a fuss about that in the office situation. Um, there are, there's the Orthodox Jewish tradition that, quite frankly, doesn't believe in the equality of men and women. And many Muslims, the vast majority of Muslims, at least theologically speaking, don't believe in the equality of women. But that is not a cardinal point of their faith. So they will be happy to vote for a political party that supports the absolute equality of men and women. All right. I mean, all religious people, for example, 
I mean, largely, it's either support for the ANC or for the DA. On both the platforms of these parties, they support uh, the right to sexual orientation preference. And this goes against the grain of, I think, the vast majority of Christians, of Muslims, and certainly, theologically speaking, also against the Orthodox Jews. And they vote for... But the point is that sexual orientation or gender equality is not something that these communities as regard as central to what informs their religious beliefs. And so they'll go along with all these other parties, besides the fact that these other elements aren't central elements in the platforms of those parties either. You answered my question when you said their faith is not cardinal, which is a worrying fact as far as faith communities are concerned. 20 minutes after 10, we're taking your calls, 0891 Let's go to Ruth. Ruth, good morning. Good morning. I forgot the presenter's name. Nah, yeah. um, but I'd like to just speak. I don't know how long I have. I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses, and I believe in the Bible, and that Jehovah wrote certain things for a reason. The answer to your question, sir, basically, is found in Revelation. I don't know the scripture, but I'm sure the professor and the priest or the reverend can find the scripture. Basically, it says that towards the last days, Babylon the Great, which is, which is religion, there's a difference between religion and faith, so Babylon the Great will be sitting on many waters, and many waters represent the people. So people will be voting, supporting political alliances, because Jehovah has allowed it for a reason. That prophecy goes on to explain what will happen after Babylon the Great does that. And I'm sure Professor, through his studies as an Islam community member, knows. He just mentioned that there are some communities that don't believe in homosexuality, and they don't believe in that, and they don't vote. Jehovah's Witnesses, we do not vote because we believe in Jehovah's kingdom. And that is why we do not vote at all. And we are Christians because we follow Christ. So that's all I wanted to say. I listen to the radio. Thank you very much, Rush. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much, sir. All right, let's go to Abdullah. Abdullah, good morning. Morning. Thank you so much. eh? I I just want to start by saying you have narrowed the question because one needs to recognize first that... uh, economic uh, empowerment of people, uh, what you call public services in general, like protection services, uh, education, and, and so on and so on, are very central part of religion is first. So if, uh, I mean, I don't think that any religion can claim, like, you know what, we don't care about the people's development and that and that, so we care only about certain small other things. So... The, the, the diversity of, 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 of the values of religion is, is, is a very narrow thing, especially here in South Africa. So what I think is this, is that uh, if you have got a part that you believe will, uh, can believe better than the other, you, you have the right uh, to vote that part political, but because your values is about the dignity of people. You know, and the dignity of people can be adjusted to economic uh, empowerment of people and equality, as they mentioned. So uh, I think we need to look at that uh, angle, because if you look at the other side, like you say, you mentioned, like homosexuality and, and, and the other things, and like uh, that's banal. Those are small things of other uh, priorities that the country and the people have. <laughs> right. So, so that, that is what I would like to be looking at. Got it. Thank you very much. You know, you know the question if you only talk about that, uh, you know what, uh, smaller things that uh, people have as a diverse, uh, I mean, opinions or ideas. 
All right, thank you very much, Abdullah. All right, you seem to be following the, the, the trend of Professor Isaac here that, well, some things are not as important as others. Okay, Kalal. Is it yeah. Kalala? Thanks for taking my call. Hi, and hi to your guest. <clears throat> I have two questions to your guest. Because, uh, We've got two guests. We, Which one? Hello? We, we have, have two, two guests. Questions. Which guest are you referring to? As a Christian, we do believe in the Bible, and then we are following Jesus Christ's example. First of all, Christians were not supposed even a political part, because Christians don't do politics. That's according to the Bible, because why in John, John it says this world is passing, and whatever is in the world is passing. So as a Christian, we hope on God's kingdom. God's kingdom is not man's kingdom. Kalala, where in the Bible does it say you cannot why vote? Firstly, they join politics, that is one. Why secondly, they even want to vote? Because as a Christian, we are not battling physically, we are not battling for political part. We want God to rule over the earth as he does in heaven. That is one. Secondly, in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, it says, man doesn't have a capacity even to direct himself, even to rule himself. But now they're doing politics, which means they want to rule. But what are they saying about that, that, that scripture? Is it a liar or what? So for me, this is in, in South Christian. They must stick to one thing. They rather be called or caught. They rather choose. If they want to be Christian, then they must follow Jesus Christ's step. Not to say they are Christian, but while they're not playing politics. So maybe if they can defend that with the Bible, Kalala? not with democracy, because Christian, our model is Bible. Kalala, I need Thank to you. ask you a question. Yeah? Do we have a Hello? scripture in the Bible that says Christians should not vote? Uh, oh, yes, the, the, scripture say, the scripture says we living in the world, but we are not part of the world. Do you have a scripture so, that says Christians should not vote, Kalala? No, but being not part of the world, what does it mean? That means we choose who's right, who's bad, here on earth. All right. The second question is, do you, do you have um, uh, governments that God supports? Come again? Is it possible that God can support governments? God allow, he allow it, but he doesn't, he's not the one who puts them. He only allowed them to be there for the time because of the imperfection. But right. he never put them. All right. Um, I, okay. I'm going to offer you a text to read and come back when you've read it and, and, and engage me on it. It's found in the book yeah. of Romans chapter 13, verse 1. First, yeah. first, chapter, first verse on chapter 13, Romans 13, verse 1. It reads, yeah. Let everyone be subject to their governing authorities, for yeah. there is no authority except that which God has yeah. established. The authorities yeah. that exist have been established yeah. by God. Yeah. Read yeah. that text. But what about the scripture that says, the God kingdom will destroy all this kingdom and all this system of things. Do you know about it? Yes. Um, my yes. question... Uh, what is all those kingdoms that they're going to destroy? The it's ones that he... government we are having, because we only hope for one kingdom, which is God's kingdom. Not kingdom made by Christians, by ANC or by whatever, no. But for <laughs> yeah. the meantime, since they allow them to be there, Christians cannot play part on that. Not at all. Got it. All right. Thank you very much. Go. Thank you. All right. Okay. Is it all? Good morning. Go ahead, all. I just want to say in uh, the message, Proverbs 17, verse 23 states... Who? Say, say that again. Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17 yeah. verse 23. All right. States, the wicked take bribes under the table. They sow nothing but contempt for justice. In that space, you can write and present Jacob Zuma's name. In the, uh, chapter 18, verse 5, states, it's wrong to sow favor to the wicked, but it seems that many 
ANC members still so favor to present Jacob Zuma. And, uh, you know, this skirts of corruption that we have in our country, I think that's the one thing that political parties and Christians must tackle. Uh, millions, billions, actually, of rents are stolen from poor people for development. As we heard this morning that uh, uh, funds that should go for the commemoration of President, old President Mandela's funeral was channeled into cars and uh, gifts and things on, uh, in the area for President Jacob's woman, uh, Jacob Zuma's one wife. So I think we must tackle the skirts. Thank you so much. Hold on, hold on. Or before you go, um, we do agree, you and I, that um, in this country you're regarded as innocent until proven guilty, right? Yes. There is no court of law that has proven President Zuma as corrupt, is there? No, there was there's 783 accounts. Yes. Of uh, corruption against him. Yes. And if you read, uh, I mean, uh, the DA now uh, uh, re- uh, tried to reinstate the um, against or? him. I mean, the High Court said that uh, the, the public uh, that. Uh, uh, oh, I got your point. Public, uh, Everybody knows that part. What uh, I'm trying to establish is all those charges, all those allegations, have not yet been tested yes, in the competent court. Yes, but we can know it was court. political influence that it was dropped. I mean... Uh, Again, there, there is was, no there competent court that has found him it guilty. It will be reinstated. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, they are pinning it now, but it, uh, I mean, they will say uh, it's a judgment that they must reinstate their charges. I'm not disputing that, and I agree with you. All of those events, they're in the public domain. But what I'm trying to establish with you is we cannot say that President Jacob Zuma is corrupt without a competent court of law in South Africa, proving him beyond the very reasonable doubt yes, but that he must is. Go to court. And he, he is all How about you wait up until he goes to court, and then you can say that. Okay. He was never, it was never tested in court. It must indeed. be tested in the court. Indeed, indeed. So until he's tested in court, we can't make that statement. Now, the second question that I'm curious about, as far as what you said, is we have many companies, yeah? Companies who have been found to have been contravening the many pieces of legislation and, and policies in our country, like competition uh, policies in our country. And they've been fined and they've signed admissions of guilt and have paid those fines because they have accepted that they have contravened those laws and policies. Why do you continue to support them? No, I mean, they should be punished. All, all corruption should be punished. All right. Got it? All right, thank all, you very much. All must be punished, you know. All right. Corruption, you know, uh, you take uh, Singapore, it's only 5 million people. One out of six uh, houses have a disposable income of more than a million dollars. That's 14 to 15 million rand because it's one of the freest countries uh, regarding labor laws. All right, I've got to move on. Oh, I've got to move and, on. And it is... Oh, uh, we're going to move uh, on. It's not a corrupt... Now we're going to move on and take a break and come back and we have to go to cricket because um, we have very little time. Stand by. Facts of Faith. Thank you very much to Michael Abrams with the cricket update and I'm hoping those of you who are cricket lovers are not as sad as some are right now. All right, let's go to Reverend. Reverend, um, you've heard many of the Christians quoting scripture and ignoring some. Your take on your callers. What is that? Um, I think there is a lot of misinterpretation uh, in terms of how people sometimes literally want to interpret scripture. I'm happy that you actually indicated uh, when some one of the callers indicated that uh, it's the the Bible is against um, 
any government that exists in this world. Of course, you clarified it, because Roman 13, the one that you read, actually explains. But now, I think people where the confusion is, is it is the question of, are these governments saving the kingdom of heaven? Or are they electoral government that are actually administrating uh, whatever that they are supposed to be doing uh, to dispense justice, to, for fairness and everything? I think sometimes when we speak of this issue of the kingdom, people tend to look at the pie in the sky. Uh, it's like the, there is the kingdom of God is something else that will exist probably after this life. Now, our interpretation of that will differ in terms of our own theological interpretation. But I do not want to go as far as that. What I'm saying is that we all have a responsibility. And a responsibility, one of them is to ensure that we are... We, we, we support any government that promotes justice, that, prom that promotes peace, that promotes fairness. And it is a responsibility of every person in this world to support any kind of uh, movement or thinking that will, will, will naturally drive society to a better situation. Yeah. All right. So I do, not, I do not actually agree with those who believe that they must actually not vote because they believe that uh, these governments that are of this earth uh, do not represent uh, the authority of God. Let's bring in Professor Isaac. Professor Isaac, we're listening to a lot of people who have uh, strong theological views, values. Some even go to the point of saying these governments should not even be voted for. Uh, and some don't even want to accept the fact that God set up these governments and allowed these governments to abound. What do we see here? Well, first of all, this is <coughs> excuse me. This is very common across all major religions. Uh, the whole idea you find it in Judaism, you find it in Islam, you find it in Christianity, a tendency that says the only genuine order that we can accept and participate in is a system of God. Uh, we've heard some of your callers and they gave Christian references for it. I can say the same for Judaism and I can certainly say the same for Islam. The reality is that the vast majority of believers find themselves in another situation. And that is that um, our faith exists at some levels in our lives, at a theological level, at a church level, and it also permeates some of our values. Like, you know, uh, the Bible says I must be an honest person. So in my job, I'm going to be an honest person. And then you have another person who's got no religion. I'm an honest person because I'm an honest person is the right thing to do. Yeah. So what we see here is it's part of the world wherein we live, the secular world wherein we live, that people increasingly find uh, ways of living in harmony with the dominant values of their society. And the dominant values in this particular case, it is democracy, it is social justice, and so on. And then what happens is we sometimes color those values with our religious beliefs and we say islam wants a just system islam supports a democracy <clears throat> real jewish values are about ubuntu now ubuntu has become the sexy thing in south africa yeah, the political correct thing to it's say it's the politically correct thing to say yeah. and then you find a way of also because you want to be a part of this country mm. while you are a good jew and then you say no 
properly considered, yes. Jewish values are really about Ubuntu. Yeah. Now, there are some stuff in Judaism that's like very, very, it just doesn't sit, you know, with, or in Islam for that matter, or Christianity for that matter. But people find ways of rationalizing and thinking through all of this. And then they arrive at a situation where I think that the ANC best represents my... But let me be honest with you. I don't think that at election time, those religious people even think this. I think that the ANC represents my religious values. Yes. I think that the DA represents my... I don't think people think... So effectively, faith has become circularized. Right. Faith is something that is packaged, comes out on a Friday, comes out at a funeral, comes out at a wedding, comes out on a Shabbat evening or on a a, a Saturday night or a Sunday. And there's a bit of a sprinkling throughout the week, you know, uh, in your house. You may even have Bible reading. But the big decisions of life, really, they're not governed by people's religious belonging and you hear people saying let's be realistic as though their faith is being non-realistic i can see your calls kuna guru or women i can see you will stand by we'll come back and give you your opportunity to have your say 105.3 the home of safm in uppington safm south africa's news and information leader all right, we're taking your calls on 891-104-207 or you could send your text messages. Sadly, I'm not able to read them right now, but as soon as we can, we will, hopefully, before we close the program. Uh, let's go to uh, first caller, Kume. Kune, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Bro. Go ahead, Kune. Um, actually, my name is Kulme, not Kune. Kulmen. Beg your pardon, yes. Kulmen. Okay, no, it's okay. And thanks for taking my call. Um, what I want to say actually is that um, everything that I'm listening to, it tells me one thing, that uh, um, it, uh, the, the interpretation of the Bible uh, or, or the scripture actually tend to be a challenge among the Christians. I'll, I'll speak from a Christian's point of view because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Islam, but I'll comment about the Islam. Um, to be honest with you, it's, 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 it's so sad to, 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 to listen to so-called Christians failing to apply the hermeneutically uh, principles of how the Bible is supposed to be used, like confusing the word kingdom and the world. Because to be honest with you, as a Christian, I, I, I must make a positive contribution in towards building the nation and my country. And, and, and if my Christian values are anything to go by, then I need to demonstrate it to other people out there to, so that they can able to see that uh, I'm relevant in what I believe in. So, 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 so there is nothing like you, you mustn't vote, you, must be, you mustn't be involved in the, king, in, in, in the politics or, or whatsoever. But you and understand the, the sentiment there, Coleman. The issue is, if you, as a Christian who understands exegesis and hermeneutics, uh, have uh, a South African passport, your South African city, passport and ID, and, and you vote in this country, when you vote as Coleman, do you vote for a political party that shares your exegesis of scripture? that understands your hermeneutical understanding of scripture? Do you think that they share your values when you vote for them? Actually, to be honest with you, though, at the moment, I'm not, I'm not yet convinced whether, uh, whether we do have a political party that truly 
uh, 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 represent Christianity as a whole or in, in terms of understanding. Because to be honest with you... Um, um, so that does that mean you don't vote, Coleman? Yes, in terms of voting, what, uh, to answer your question so simple, in terms of voting, one has to actually go for the political organization that represents these values, to be honest with you. Because remember, when they make policies, it means I must be making contribution as well to say, you mustn't make policies that actually affect my Christian values. So if I vote for people who are not going to make policies that are in favor of my Christian values, it means what I'm preaching on the pulpit is still actually, it doesn't, it's just like a drop in the ocean. I'm not actually addressing uh, anything at all. So I'm uh, assuming that you vote for these Christian political parties. Is that the case? Listen, listen, this is what I'm saying to you, that uh, you, 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 you look, you, you read the, what they stand for, and you look at what the Bible is, is standing for. Uh, to be honest with you, some of them, I don't want to mention their names. I mean, some of them you still have to question whether are they truly standing for Christianity or are they calling themselves, uh, 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 described by themselves by the name Christians just to actually lose Christian votes or not. So what do you do as a Christian? You as an individual Christian, Coleman, do you vote or do you not vote since you have just relegated everyone to being not entirely Christian? I do vote. That's why I'm saying to you, uh, uh, there's nothing that actually is, is, is... in the scripture, which says you mustn't vote. I okay, vote. so who do you vote for? Do you vote for the party that you already believe they don't support your views? Actually, I, I vote for the party that at the moment I find it relevant, that it will actually uh, drive the cause that I'm striving for, though it might not be 100% Christian. I okay. don't know whether you understand. I understand. Thank you very much. Yes. Cool, but can, can I say something based on... i got to move on to other callers. Cool, we only have 15 minutes remaining, so I need to accommodate as many people as possible. Let's go to Guru Governor. Good morning, Guru. Good morning to you. Um, wonderful debate, but in the absence of a religious sector, it becomes a one-sided debate. And that Explain is what you mean by that, uh, you have, Hello? Go ahead. Explain what you mean in, in the absence of a religious sector. The religious sector is you have the Christian sector there, and you have the uh, Islamic sector there. Yes. You do not have a Saivite sector there. A what? Probably would give you a Saivite, Saivite, S-A-I-V-I-T-E, a Saivite sector. Okay. A Saivite religion sector there. And okay. that will probably give you an insight in terms of uh, the scripture that has been written and all this debate that is taking, up, you know, taking place before you. The Syria Puranum, as I say to you, from which you take a particular phrase which says meaning one world one God okay oh and so so when you say Saiva you mean Shaivism Saivism that's ah, correct okay. you cannot ask somebody from Saivism I there. understand I understand that give right. you insight <laughs> okay. now the Syria Puranam and Periya Puranams were written in terms of uh, information at our disposal, 5,117 years before Christ, B.C. So, from there, if you look at the Periya Puranam and the Syria Puranam, the Puranams will tell you that it says to you, one word, one God. However, the materialistic, materialistic greed of mankind has brought about differentiation or uh, uh, away from God in. Guru, I'm, I'm worried you're not answering our question. We're worried yes. about a group of South Africans who vote 
and who call themselves members of particular faith communities, but still don't vote according to the values espoused in that faith community. And hence, we're asking the question, why? They, pro- they uh, probably their belief Explain. that in voting, Explain. it's their belief in voting that they may violate the 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 Bible in terms of the testaments and the beliefs. Okay. So they have the choice to vote or not to vote. All right, got it. Thank you very much. Go to Omi. Good morning, Omi. Uh, good morning, Nai. How are you? Well, thank you. Go ahead, Omi. Good, good. Uh, you know what? Uh, I would prefer to vote for a party that is going to abolish a Western law, a common law. Because the problem that we have in our society today, because as an African country, we don't have a law. Because if you if if you go to most of the country today, uh, including uh, South Africa, you see that uh, you see uh, the country, uh, the political system, which uh, promotes. Uh, um, okay. Omi, do quickly. you want to go and regroup your thoughts and come back and share your thoughts with us? Go to Mina. Go ahead. Hi, hi, Sorry, I'm just trying to handle my phone and speaking to you. Nala? I need you to switch off your radio there, Mina. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Now, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, Mina. Okay. Um, what I wanted to say is that, firstly, I just want to um, sort of acknowledge the brilliance of your discussion, but also in the sense that I think while you're a brilliant analyst, you're also an idealist because you are hoping for an absolute consonance between a person's religious beliefs and their political beliefs. And I would say that what's really going on is a question of violation and to what extent you violate either your religious belief or your political commitment. And we're probably looking for lesser violations. And, and I would suggest that all people in some way decide on lesser violations based on their intuitive judgment about what makes sense. In other words, I think people do know that they won't get perfection, and what they do is choose a political perspective which most pleases their their religious perspective, or they denounce, you know, voting at all. That's my input. Um, uh, Mina, Thanks for your program. Mina, before you go, um, um, yes. absolutism is not my pursuit. When we speak of absolutism, we are recognizing the very nature of faith. When faith say God is supposed to reign supreme and God's way of governance, which is theocracy, should be the way things go, and yet they betray that by going ahead and voting for political parties that go against the very tenets of their faith, that is not Naye who's saying that. I am merely asking the question, if you as a Christian or a Muslim or a Shaivist or the, the Jewish person, if you believe in the Torah, the, the, the Quran or the Bible, why would you vote for the political party that you know contradicts those very documents? And that, that, that's, that's the question that I'm asking. Well, I think what, what I hear you always asking, and I think you're correct, is for total 
mental, and I would say conscious and unconscious, reconciliation of what are actually impossibilities to reconcile. And almost that's the meta question about how we function psychologically, politically, or spiritually. How do you reconcile and what kind of um, accounting goes on? So the question is, should we be asking... Mina, Mina, our line is deteriorating. As interrogative as you are of their spiritual beliefs. All right, all right. I appreciate your sentiment there, Amina. I appreciate it. We'll have a uh, guest in the studio to come and breathe on that matter shortly after this. Facts of Faith. Facts of Faith comes to an end at exactly 11 o'clock. So right now we come try and squeeze in more um, insights from our guests. Uh, let's go to you, Professor Isak. You heard our callers. Your remark. Uh, yes, well, I mean, clearly uh, many of your callers uh, they deeply religious people, but they also have a very literal interpretation of Scripture. And then the one problem is you have one verse fighting with another verse. Uh, you have one perspective of religion fighting with another perspective. And you say, and I don't think it's fair, by the way, to say that um, they lost Christians. The other side is lost. I'm chosen. Yeah. You are yeah. frozen. Yeah. Uh, my perspective is the best. I think that... There are perspectives of religion. You can say, I think I prefer mine. Mine works for me, but yours work. And so there are some believers in our country who believe that uh, there is a complete separation between faith and this world. And that uh, the real world will only be, will come either when the Messiah comes uh, or when there is uh, an Islamic state that is governed by the Sharia and where in the Quran is the ultimate uh, arbitrator between people uh, or in the kingdom to come for some Christians, which is the next life uh, after that. That is where the kingdom of God really is. Then there are other people who say that, no, it's not simply the rules of my faith. My faith has values. And those values I have in common with others. The values of what one guy said it was now, those values we tend to uh, sprinkle with, a, with the current political uh, atmosphere. So you say it's uh, about empowerment. Yeah. It's about gender justice. It's about fairness for all and so on. And for all of these arguments, you can actually find uh, some verse you can draw to back, uh, up, the to back up your argument, yeah. you know, um, And so what we've seen in this discussion is really how various South Africans uh, bring their faith to bear into their quote-unquote political decisions, either to vote or not to vote, or who to vote for in the end. But I still put it to you that the vast majority of people, faith means something to them personally and socially. Not necessarily politically. Politically. Got it, got it. Certainly not when it comes to who to vote for. Yes, yes. Uh, Reverend um, Mvambo, uh, we we are noticing a trend amongst Christians to be very robust as far as their faith is concerned. Not so much in the implementation of those texts, because you'll know that people will know these various texts and rules. But the implementation thereof is subjective. It depends on which political party will tickle your fancy more than the text. No, it's true. Um, it, it actually also indicates something about the level of understanding and maturity of how people um, view society and, and uh, politics versus uh, their own faith and the values that they believe in. 
there are a lot of contradictions, uh, for example, about one, what, what people say vis a vis what people do uh, on a daily basis. Now, we have challenges that uh, are, are suggesting to us that we have to be a bit more robust about how we can be able to marry our faith with the reality and the society that we find ourselves uh, living in. Um, For example, there is this uh, idealistic thinking of people who are already in heaven or who are already in another world um, and who live another world and who, who see themselves not as being part of this world, but they are affected by things that are happening now, whether economically, whether in terms of the environment that uh, tends to um, affect them. Um, those are realities that they, they have to try and find a way of, of a space of being able to reconcile themselves with the realities that are confronting them. Actually, actually, uh, Reverend, you find that now you're referring to Ruth, who is talking about her faith, uh, saying that she, that she is not of this world, or they believe that they're not of this world. That is not exclusive to her. You find a great majority of people of faith saying, we are in this world. That's a text now. In this world, but not of this world. A hermeneutical <laughs> and, and understanding of the text seems to be very uh, elusive to them, because it seems as though that to them means they should not vote. That effectively means they should not participate in parliament, they should not participate in, in the elections generally and the decisions made in this world they are in physically. Is, is, is that not something that we should consider as a matter of fact in South Africa because they believe in this? It's quite an interesting, it's quite an interesting um, and, and development in actual fact. Uh, not only a development but also a, a sign of I don't think it's a problem in South Africa. It, it, it's also a problem globally. I know that it's very common in, in America. You find those kind of people who actually don't decide, who decide not to be part of anything in society. But what is quite tricky about this whole phenomenon? It is also those who then say uh, we we belong to this faith and we can only subscribe to a party that will implement these value systems that we agree on. And that party must actually identify itself in terms of my faith. Which in our country don't have such a political party. That's why sometimes you find political parties that will either become Islamic parties or Christian parties and so on, uh, who are trying to um, who that, that vote from those who have that fundamental thinking of thinking that they can create a, a party that is puristic that can only implement the what the Bible says or it, what the Quran says. Well, in our um, country, um, Reverend, we don't seem to have a political party who the voters believe is properly and effectively supporting their values. You heard that caller who was saying, I have not seen a political party, including those who call themselves faith-based, who support the Bible, for example, in his context. Uh, Professor Isak, you'll have the last word here. What then do we say? Should we say that um, wives faith communities are just that, faith communities, uh, their faith is not as supreme as we would assume. Uh, I think that is the reality, whether we like it or not. 
uh, whether we that is our political option or not. But the other thing is that uh, our country is a free country. Uh, so the Seventh Adventists, well, they're not going to because uh, the kingdom of God is to come. But any other Christian denomination or Muslim denomination or whatever, I mean, uh, the Jews aren't because uh, many of them believe that wait, our abode is somewhere else uh, or at least where our religious values can find expression. So people are free to establish parties if they want to. And this is the great thing about our democracy. You can stay away, you can believe in the kingdom of these things, uh, or you can establish your own. And so they can add to the Al Jama'a if they want to start another, or they can add to the Christian Democrat, the ACDP, um, and uh, have your own.